All right, Justin, <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. No, no, don't, don't do it. Sing me a song about hating your father and reconciling with him. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Justin. Sing a Mr. Rogers song. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. <laughs> oh, I don't know the rest of the words. Please, won't you be my neighbor? How do you not know the rest of the words? They sing them like 90 times in this fucking movie. I didn't have my memory bank on. I was too emotional for my Wait, memory bank. you didn't bank have your memory bank on? What the fuck does that mean, Justin? I fucking hate it wasn't, you. It wasn't activated. No, no. You don't get to pull that fucking garbage here. That's a bunch of bullshit. Let's start the episode. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and I am joined, as always, by Heather and Justin. We will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the aforementioned movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I really had to stall there because I almost fucked up and called it the wrong name. That's why I threw in the aforementioned part. I was going to fuck up that name. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because I keep wanting to call it Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the fantastic documentary about... Mr. Fred Rogers. But this movie is called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. God, I need to keep remembering that. Because I think I've talked to other people and called it the other name. Just fucking it up left and right. Anyway, like I said, we're going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We are going to start with Heather, since she is the biggest Tom Hanks fan of us on this podcast. Heather, what did you like about the movie? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a surprise at all that I liked this movie. I expected that I would. Um, ever since they first made the announcement that Tom Hanks was going to play Fred Rogers, I knew that I was going to enjoy this. So, and it did not disappoint at all. I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really great, really well made. Um, I really like the pacing of the story. I like that there was, there was the overall story of figuring out this relationship between uh, Mr. Rogers and the reporter, but then there was the the other story of um, the reporter Lloyd kind of reconciling with his family and and kind of dealing with things that he the the hurts of his past and things like that. So I like I like the way that they orchestrated telling the story, and I also it you know I even from the previews of this movie I didn't really fully expect what I got from it. Um, I really, I did expect it to be a little bit of a different movie. I did expect it to be a little more centrally around Fred Rogers and it was not, which, um, was, it was okay because of how they told the story and the story they were telling that worked and it was fine. It was just a little bit, um, it was a little bit just different than what I expected going into it, but not in a disappointing way. Um, Absolutely. Tom Hanks was amazing as Fred Rogers. He just, the mannerisms, the the tone and the connotation and how he spoke and everything was really dead on. The conviction and how he would say things was perfect. He did a wonderful job playing Fred Rogers. He was so, so good at it. Um, and I really, as much as I always love Tom Hanks, I really just have to give props to Matthew Reese uh, as Lloyd, the reporter in this one. 
He is actually the more central character, and he is phenomenal in this. I, unfortunately, have not seen him in a lot of other things. Um, I know he is one of the primary characters or one of the primary actors on The Americans, the TV show. Um, I've seen a few of those and everything, but I've just I have not really seen him in, in much else before. And I was blown away by how good he was in this movie. So I think he he did a stand up standout job of just playing this really, I guess um, you would call it maybe pessimistic or just really skeptical of people who um, seem to be happy and have it all together kind of person. And, you know, you, you just slowly, it slowly reveals more about why he thinks that way, why he is that way and why he just doesn't understand how people could be so happy when his own life was so bad growing up and things like that. So it, um, he was, he was phenomenal. He, he just kind of, I mean, it's really hard to outshine Tom Hanks, especially Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers, but this guy, he holds his own like none other. He is so good. I was super impressed with his performance. So I just, I really, I just have to give credit to him because he, he, he is the central character and he kind of did, I mean, I wouldn't say he's the only person that made this movie, obviously, but he was a very, very important part of why this movie is as good as it is. So um, definitely those, the two main characters in this for sure really were just so impressive and really memorable. Um, 100%. So I really loved the performances, which again, I expected that I would at least with um, Tom Hanks. So it was good to know that all of the supporting, uh, not even, I mean, Matthew Reese was the main, but even the supporting characters surrounding that, like the people in Lloyd's family and even Mrs. Rogers, uh, like everybody supporting it really just all were sort of lifted to that same level. Like there was nobody that wasn't just perfectly doing their job in this movie. So that was that was a, a big thing for me. Um, I really like how uh, the film looks like it's from the time when the when Mr. Rogers was on TV. Um, and the really cool like when they're kind of transitioning scenes and things like that, the little um, the little cars and the little the little things that they do where it looks like it's on the Mr. Rogers set of how they're transitioning into the scenes to bring you to the next scene I thought was really cool. And the way that they opened and closed uh, the movie as if it is an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Really, really loved that they did that. It was really (laughs) very spot on as well. Like it really looked exactly like it. And you get the feel that you're watching an episode and like he's talking directly to the audience at the end and beginning and really, really cool how they did that. yeah, it's and I just really I really like the they honored the memory of who uh, Fred Rogers was with this movie in a very loving way. Um, they show him as not perfect, but as someone who, you know, spent the better his better years um, of his life deciding to use any pain he had to help others. And that's what he chose to do with his pain and his anger. And it was beautiful how they showed that in this film that even behind the scenes, you see that, you know, he he wasn't somebody different than what you see him on screen. And I just love that even in this movie, it showed that to be true of him. And so I, I really like the way that they honored 
who he appeared to be as a person outside of just the show. And it was it was just captivating too to just see how in his everyday life, no matter who he's talking to, just how extremely personable he was. But it wasn't like a I just I have to do it to be nice. It was very genuine. Very genuine with every person that he spoke to. And you see that a lot in this film with how Tom Hanks does the character. And it's it's all just it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way to really portray him. And um, and you really do have to be careful because, you know, Fred Rogers is sort of like he, he's just a, an icon. You know, he's just kind of like somebody that is, you know, revered so highly. And so you have to really you, you have to know what you're doing when you're playing that character. And so um, he, obviously he just did a really great job with that. So and I just I love the story of the um, the whole aspect of you know, he loves broken people and he wants to help broken people to sort of um, become whole again or sort of deal with the things that are causing them hurt. And this story full circle did that with um, the story of Lloyd and his family and just the complete difference and change of a person that he was from the beginning of the movie to the end of it. And uh, just that transition they showed and everything, it was, it was really well done. It was believable it was, um, yeah, like I said, the movie was paced well with how they did most of the things in it. And it was just a really, really great story to tell. It was a unique story. And instead of just doing a, another just bi- biography or a biopic of Fred Rogers, they're doing this through this, this specific story of how he affected a certain person's life. So I think it was a really unique and interesting thing to do. And they did it really, really well. Justin, what did what about you? What did you like about this movie? Um, well, Heather definitely said a lot of things that I agree with. Um, I, I too was in the same boat as her going into this movie. I thought that this was going to be kind of a more comprehensive look at Mister Rogers. I thought that maybe we would get a little bit more. Uh, into his life and some things he went through. And I thought that this would kind of just be an all encompassing story about his life. And just like Heather said, just what I didn't expect though, was that this was going to be about a story about how he touched another person's life. And so it wasn't the story like her. It wasn't the story that I was expecting, but man, this wound up being just a very good story. And it was so thoughtful and uplifting and memorable that I do think that when we get to the end of the year, and I mean, it's we're headed on into December, so we're almost there. But uh, the, the, this definitely has to be up there with one of just the one of the best experiences I've had watching a movie all year. And just like Heather said, Tom Hanks is just great here. Everything from the mannerisms to that kind of stop and start patterned way in which uh, Mr. Rogers speaks he had that and he just really captured the essence of the man's goodness. And you could just see with 
the way he would react to certain people and how when people would uh, question him about certain things and, and the way he would look or the way he would react or his responses. And Tom Hanks was just so great at capturing all of that goodness of him. And, and like and the fun and the great thing about the film is just how it would allude to some of those things, like how differently he saw the world and how differently he saw people. And one of the big things that that we know was a common theme with Mr. Rogers and uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, his television show, is that he was always about trying to get kids to express their feelings, or at least at the very least, letting them know that it was okay to express their feelings, that you have to let those things out. You have to let... um, the people know what's going on with you. You have to let someone know. And I love the line, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. I mean, that was just such a great line. And I mean, that really is kind of the theme of yeah. this story is you got to get it out there. You got to, that's the only way you can begin to handle the problem is to admit that the problem is there. It's that, it's that, it's that age old lesson, right? Like uh, before you can solve a problem, you have to admit that there is one. And, and so that was just to me, very resonant, very poignant and things like that. Uh, Just like Heather said, man, the, the, the cinematography and the scene transitions. I remember us talking about, um, it chapter two and me saying that it had some very memorable, very stylish scene transitions and how they stood out to me because they were so memorable. Well, then here comes this movie and it just blows down the door when it comes to scene transitions. And like Heather said, it was just a joy to watch some of those scene transitions. Like when a character like, uh, like when, uh, Lloyd Vogel would get on a plane and he was going to uh, uh, to somewhere, flying somewhere to meet with Mr. Rogers. It was just so great how suddenly we would see the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhoods and one of his sets. And then we would see a toy airplane going from point A to point B to represent his flight to go see Mr. Rogers. I mean, all of that stuff was just great. And then it, and, and sometimes it just would put you right in the show. And it seemed like we were just kind of inside of an episode of Mr. Rogers. And I just loved that presentation. Whoever had that idea and that thought process, let's present it almost as if it's an extended episode of the show. That was just great. It kept with the flow. It was visually pleasant to look at anytime you got any of those scenes. So I thought all of that was great. And really what just stands out to me is just some of the uh, the, the acting that was done here. And I'll just talk about some of my favorites because they have the pretty much nailed it. Like, uh, Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese do, um, a wonderful job. And Susan Watson, who plays, um, the wife of Matthew Reese, uh, Lloyd Vogel's wife, Andrea, she was also good here too. She, she, she was good here too as a fan of Mr. Rogers. And, uh, anytime there was a scene with, uh, with Matthew and Susan, they just, they really did seem like a husband and wife couple. They really did seem like that. It did seem like they loved each other. And there was just a genuineness there that, that needed to be there. There was a believability there. So I appreciated her too. Um, even though she's a minor character here, I appreciated her. And Chris Cooper, 
as Jerry Vogel, the father, I thought that he did very well too, man. His scenes and um, the, 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 the way he kind of was, I liked the way that he came off early on in some of the scenes because you could just so we could kind of understand a little bit about how Lloyd saw his father. And then as this movie just continues to um, unravel all of its layers and everything like that. And then by the time we get to the end and there's just such an emotional scene with Matthew Reese and Chris Cooper, uh, where Lloyd and Jerry just have this heart to heart. And it's that, and it's the apology and the moment of truth where we get the apology and are we going to get forgiveness? And man, that was just such a memorable scene. It was emotional. It, it was everything that that scene needed to be in order for it to be effective was there. And those two actors, that they pulled that scene off. So that was just an acting scene that stood out to me. Another one that stood out to me was with Tom Hanks, where, um, where Lloyd is watching him uh, perform with one of the puppets. And while he's performing with the actress um, uh, uh, during the during the Mr. Rogers show with one of the puppets, the camera just kind of focuses on Lloyd looking at uh, Fred Rogers do his thing. And man, the facials that Tom Hanks was able to get and the emotion that he was putting into just handling that 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 hand puppet. That was just great. Just it just really showed everything that he was putting into that show, everything, all the energy he was putting in. And you could tell that Fred Rogers was getting emotional, emotional, just performing that because these were these feelings that he was talking about were feelings that he would feel and things that would come up with him and him being able to emote that and put that into just that puppet performance. That was such a strong scene visually to me. And that just really stood out to me as just some great actor by Tom Hanks. And then, like I said, uh, th th there's just a lot of good symbolism and, and just a lot of good imagery in this film. Another great uh, moment of symbolism or even foreshadowing, I thought, was um, Tom Hanks or Fred Rogers is trying to put up this tent and they were shooting um, and it was just a scene. It was supposed to be him opening up this tent. And the great thing that I loved about that scene is that it, it, it pretty much encapsulates the entire movie in that one scene because Fred Rogers is sitting there and he's about to say this is a tent. But Lloyd walks into the room, um, just letting uh, Mr. Rogers finish up the scene so that they can get to their interview because that's coming up later. And when he sees Lloyd, he's he's about to say this is a tent because they're filming him. And then he goes, this is and he looks and sees Lloyd and goes, this is Lloyd. So he says <laughs> This is Lloyd, but he's actually meaning to say this is the tent because he saw Lloyd. But the great thing about it is that the tent was Lloyd. And then in the next scenes, you see uh, Mr. Rogers struggling with this tent and he can't get it open. And he's trying to get this tent to open up and it can't open. And then he looks at the TV and or, or the camera on TV and he says, oh, man. And then he goes, man, I guess it's going to take two adults to open up this tent. And he couldn't do it by himself, that it was going to take the effort of the father and them to really solve Lloyd's problem. And to me, that right there was the movie. 
it was going to be Mr. Rogers struggling with him, trying to get him to open up. And then ultimately, it takes two adults also putting in the work to really open up and heal this uh, Lloyd Vogel person. So I just thought that that was wonderful, man. Like, I just appreciate any time a movie gives me things like that. I just appreciate it. So I appreciated it here in this film. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is just that, man, the the, the direction um, by Marielle Heller, who I'm not very familiar with her. I don't know um, a lot of her movies, but man, there was just a nice touch is put on this. And there was a sense of pacing and tone that was just solid throughout. And this movie goes to some dark places and uh, touches on some dark themes. But I think that ultimately, even though it goes into some dark places, even though there are moments where this could have really fell into some cliche traps with the melodrama and the father and son relationship and things like that, there were just so many times where I thought this movie could stumble. But somehow this movie just avoids all of those things. It avoids all of those traps and just gives you something poignant, resonant and uplifting. So definitely my hat is off to the cast and the direction on this film. Um, Yeah, just like you guys, the movie I was expecting and the movie I got, uh, those were two totally different things. And the good thing about this movie is that it it does a really good job of letting you know what movie you're going to get very early in the movie. It doesn't waste a lot of time, you know, making you think you're still getting that throughout the years, uh, Mr. Rogers movie. It's very quick to point out to you what movie you're getting. And I did really appreciate that. And, uh, other than that, I mean, it's, it's really hard to like say much that I'm not going to be parroting you guys with because yeah, I mean, this is, all around a spectacular movie whenever you look at the the way the acting is and the directing and uh, all those aspects. I mean, this is going to start sounding like a negative, but I promise I twist it towards the end. The story of the family, of the Vogel family, is a very generic story. It's You've seen it a billion times, the reason why he has issues with his dad, and but then his dad's dying, so he needs to make up with his dad, but he's conflicted about it. And his wife wants him to make up for it, you know, with his dad because they've got a kid now and all this other stuff. We've seen that story a billion times. I mean, that's shit that's told in like, I mean, there are episodes of sitcoms and TV shows that handle that exact same story. But what this movie does with it, with through the acting of Matthew Reese and and Tom Hanks, especially like and and also Chris Cooper. I mean, the acting just elevates it to to be so much more than honestly it should have been. I mean, when Tom Hanks was going to do this movie, when that was announced, I mean, I know it's like, oh, it's Tom Hanks, all this other stuff, but I was really kind of curious how this was going to go because Tom Hanks has played a lot of uh, real-life other people, but I can't think of one he's played that was as big as Mr. Rogers was. I mean, he played Sully, and he played Captain Phillips and stuff like that, and we, we know the stories, but... You don't really know Sully. You know, I can't tell you if he did a good job playing Sully or not. I can't tell you if he did a good job playing Captain Phillips or not. You know, I mean, I know he he did a good acting job. Like, it, it was good for the movie, but I can't tell you if it was a good version of that person. I've got no idea. But you'll know if he does a good Mr. Rogers. 
Like that's a very quick thing to know when you're watching this is yeah. does he do a good job portraying Mr. Rogers? Cause you know, Mr. Rogers and it is one of the most like subtle and deep performances I've seen from anybody in a long time. I mean, just in almost every way he, he felt like Mr. Rogers. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that he slightly doesn't look like Mr. Rogers, I mean, they are physically different people. Yeah. It'd be very hard to tell that they weren't like he wasn't him in a lot of ways. And I mean, it wasn't like perfect. It's not like the voice was 100% on, but that's less important whenever he's got the mannerisms and he's got the way he spoke just down to a T, just that very soft and deliberate way that Mr. Rogers spoke. Tom Hanks nails completely. And even doing the voices of of the tiger and the the king and stuff like that, like Friday the 13th. He did an amazing, amazing job of just encapsulating Mr. Rogers with those things. And the way they shot this movie, I thought was incredibly fascinating because I mean, Matthew Reese is just this jaded fuck of an asshole. (laughs) And I totally get that character. That character is me. I'm a jaded fuck of an (laughs) asshole. We know our own. I mean, you could have put me up there and it would have been the same fucking movie. It's deep-seated, terrible family issues, jaded as fuck. Nobody can possibly be as good as Mr. Rogers is. There's something else. There's something deep. It just, it can't be sincere. All that bullshit. I 100% relate to that because that's how I am with pretty much everything. Oddly enough, the one thing I'm not a jaded asshole about is Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Like having seen the uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary and growing up watching Mr. Rogers every fucking day of my life. Like he was one of the few things I was never jaded about. And I'm jaded about everything. Like we did a nostalgia podcast and I rail about nostalgia being one of the worst things you could ever do for fucking movies. Because all these movies you love as children are garbage. They're all shitty They're all fucking terrible and all this other stuff. But the one thing from my childhood that's not garbage essentially is still Mr. Rogers. And it, for all accounts, probably should be. But that's what also made it special. It looked like shit. It was probably groundbreaking in the 1970s. But dear God, by like the fucking 90s and shit, it looked like shit. And you know what didn't matter? The fact that it looked like shit. Because it was still a fucking delight. Like you still learned lessons. You still, everything he wanted to do is still 100% came across the way he wanted it to, no matter what aesthetically it was going. And I just kind of loved the fact that that character, the, the, the Vogel character was essentially mentally tortured by the sincerity and goodness that is Mr. Rogers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was driving him utterly insane. He was having hallucinations because the goodness and righteousness was so pure. (laughs) I mean, and I I just, I totally get that. I 100% relate to that. And, And that's what was so interesting about this movie for me is this character they set up with, with, with Vogel is, like I said, I saw myself in that character. I mean, that is just... So much me, it's not even funny. And just going on that journey he did 
that made him not a jaded asshole anymore, or at least not completely a jaded asshole anymore. It was just this beautiful thing to watch. Unfortunately, it didn't fix me. I'm still a jaded asshole, but I still appreciated watching <laughs> it. I was like, oh, he got out. I'm still very much in. But I liked the fact that he at least got to where I am with Mr. Rogers. And I'm not, I, I don't feel that way towards him. And I do see him as this beacon of hope and light, even now for our, our society and everything. He's still this beacon of hope and joy and light in, in goodness. And I'm glad that, that that character got there with that to the same point I did with him. Uh, I mean, he advanced in other aspects of his life and I'm, you know, fuck that noise. I don't have time to deal with that shit, but good for him. Good for this fictional character. I'm glad he got out of this. Uh, uh, you know this life but technically not fictional right because he was based on a real person yes but it's still he's still then based on somebody else it's not quite the same but right um but that writer did talk about how uh mr rogers did change his life you know so it's very much along those same lines and stuff like that but the fact that like you still when you're watching this movie and you know like the very end of the movie i thought was so amazing is the movie's fading out and all this other stuff and Mr. Rogers playing the piano, and then he does those those bongs on the low notes that he talks about doing when you're feeling angry, and as a way to to vent that out. And then he does those at the end. I thought it was just a very poignant way of showing that exactly what his wife was talking about earlier in the movie that you know that he's not perfect, that he does have a temper, he has these things in him, and it just goes to what always felt so genuine about Mr. Rogers is that it never felt like Mr. Rogers was going to try to teach a lesson or help somebody in a way that he wouldn't do himself. Like he's not telling people to do these things and then thinking to himself, well, I'm never going to fucking do that because it's garbage. No, he's telling people this because that's what he does. And yeah. And that really comes across with that, that final scene of this, of this, of this movie that he, that's what is so genuine and, and warm and embracing about him. You know, there are so many reasons why you can't trust people that are essentially doing that role now in our society. But for whatever reason, just unless you're a jaded asshole on Fox News, and, and I'm going to explain that, because those fuckers attacked Mr. Rogers, so fuck them. Like, who the fuck does that? Who legitimately goes on national TV and second guesses Mr. Rogers and, like, blames him for kids, like, Essentially being soft. They blamed the participate their participation trophy generation on Mr. Rogers because he said every kid's special. And who the fuck does that? Like I said, I am a jaded asshole, but who the fuck does that to Mr. Rogers? Because <laughs> yes, while that was his message, what is actually wrong with that? Like what is actually wrong with telling kids that being themselves makes them special? Because by definition, by being a unique individual, that makes you different than everyone else on the planet, which I'm sorry, is kind of a way of being special. I mean, you might not grow up to be the president or the first person to land on Mars or, you know, to do anything like that. But that doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter to the people that are around you. Like by equating him, like by equating that to you're only special if you do something great or amazing or just so above and beyond anything else or anybody else could ever do that your life somehow somehow has less value to other people. Like, that's insanity. 
Like they're literally saying, if you're not near Neil Armstrong, go fucking kill yourself. Like that's what it comes across as. And that's the exact things that Mr. Rogers rallies against that you don't have to be Neil Armstrong to matter. And that's such a beautiful fucking message. Why wouldn't people want kids to feel that way? Blows my fucking mind. Anyway, that's a very good point. Like, you're making a great point. And the funny thing is, is that just even in society, like even when we grow up, we don't escape that. A lot of times people describe themselves based on what they do or what job they have. Or, you know, a lot of times that defines us more than who we are. It's what we're doing or what we're trying to do or what we're going towards. And I believe there was a line in the movie where he was like, well, you know, we're, we're always so worried about what what we're going or what we're trying to be or we're always trying to be something. But what about the strength that comes in what you are now or being what about the strength and the the happiness that can come from in being the person that you are now being who you are, not where you're going or what you're trying to get or who you're trying to be and all this stuff. And I do feel like sometimes we forget that. You know, we we have been taught to forget that because you got to be going towards something. You got to be striving. I'm definitely guilty of that. So it was very reassuring to hear a message like this. And it was uh, definitely something to to think about. It was very um, enlightening to hear that perspective. And sometimes you just need to hear that. Yeah. I mean, because it's one of those things it's. Say something happens, Justin, and say you pass away. The people in your life are going to be sad that you left. Probably more so than like Neil Armstrong dying. Neil Armstrong, as far as humanity goes, is probably more in fact impactful than Justin Taylor. Sorry to break that to you, Justin. (laughs) But Neil Armstrong might have a little bit more lasting impact on mankind. As of right now. As of right now. You could still do something. Who knows? Still young. He's 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 got me a few laps. Yeah, right now, just right now in your life, Neil Armstrong has beat you as far as mankind impactfulness. But Neil Armstrong dying isn't going to mean as much to your family as you dying, which in turn would mean to the people in your life, you are more special than Neil Armstrong. And that's like a version of what Mr. Rogers is saying. Yeah. That that all kids are special because the people that are in their lives and whose lives they are in, they're going to be special comparatively to just anybody else, you know? And... Like, what's wrong with that? Like, that's that's an terribly important message right. to tell people, especially when they're not understanding how to deal with their feelings. You know, like when I oddly enough, I think Mr. Rogers messages are even more important, essentially, when you're a teenager, when you're really like just really not understanding what's happening with your emotions. Like, that's even more impactful because it's saying, yes, feel these emotions. It's not a bad thing. You just have to learn how to how you express them to express them in in a healthy way right and like who the fuck thinks that's a bad message really who because there are some assholes out there that that think that is a bad message and it blows my mind because when i'm watching this movie and the way tom hanks is portraying that especially in the context of the matthew reese storyline uh with the vogel family it just it it brought back this flood of all those great amazing things that mr rogers used to teach us as children Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's it it's so all-encompassing that it just it does flood back 
And as much as I want to be an asshole and saying nostalgia is bad, like, fuck, that's a very good feeling nostalgia, you know, to, to think about all these lessons and, and beautiful things that Mr. Rogers taught us through decades. And you get all the feelings of that in a fucking, what, two hour long movie? Yeah. That's fucking incredible. As far as the writing, the directing and the acting goes, that's fucking incredible that they were able to do that. I was going to say, if I'm being honest, like the first, like the very first part of that movie, like when he's, you know, doing the song and he's first setting up what the story is going to be about and he's giving that speech about, you know, forgiveness and things like that. It was like, I was already drawn in. I was already like, man, this is already deep. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just one of those things where he just the way that he says things to you, it like. Even if you're an adult, you could still get it. You could still understand it. And it's still something that you can learn um, even when you get older, you know, and it'll mean something different to you when you're an adult as opposed to when you're a kid. So it's just kind of cool that it's sort of like a timeless sort of thing that he would do. And you're right. Like you get that in such a short amount of time. And like, it's almost like everything that he said, it's like that still waters run deep type type of thing where it's like, everything that he said had such purpose with it. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and it's, it's one of those funny things that like Fred Rogers always talked in a very deliberate manner. You could tell the things he said were very well thought out and very processed and, and delivered, delivered with a purpose. But to go back to a scene that Jastin talked about, it's also then so refreshing for him to accept failure when it comes to setting up a tent, because that's not really failure because it should have been done with two adults. Like two two people should have mm-hmm. set up that tent, not just one. But he was completely fine with going out there and failing at it and looking ridiculous as fuck setting <laughs> up a tent. Just to prove that lesson that sometimes you can't do everything by yourself. Even if you're an adult, you can't do everything by yourself. Yeah. Which is a fucking fantastic message within itself. And like the fact that everybody watching that, like that, the, the prompter and everything were like, Oh yeah, we're going to have to redo this. And he's like, Oh no, this is great. Yeah. Yep. We're done. We nailed it. And everybody's like, wait, what? And like, I love that too, that everybody behind the scenes while they loved him, were also just jaded, you know, TV people <laughs> where they're like, all right, Mr. Rogers quit, you know, impacting this child's life from make a wish. We have a fucking TV <laughs> show to shoot. And he gave, zero fucks about it <laughs> I yeah. love that. And, yeah. and while it drove them nuts they still loved it about him like they hated it but then it's also why they loved him and why they wouldn't go just work right. on a different show instead like they were still dedicated to him being that person and i just loved every aspect of it like you know like justin brought up like you know he sees the guy come to set and he just drops everything like they're in the middle of shooting he's like oh wait hey this guy's coming i'm gonna go <laughs> say hi to him you know it just fucking great. And it, this in this movie had so many fantastic lines like that. Like whether it's true or not, it felt like a Mr. Rogers thing that he would do. Like whenever he shows up and he's meeting the wife for the first time and he's talking to her about her doctor's appointment or whatever. And then, you know, yeah. was like, wait, what? And she's like, oh yeah, I talked to Mr. <laughs> Rogers too. Yeah. Because Mr. Rogers just having heard about his wife and, and son felt the need to call her, you know? Just because he's that nice of a guy. Whether or not Mr. Rogers ever did anything like that, who knows? But it felt like one of the most Mr. Rogers fucking things you could ever do. And 
So even if this movie is 100% bullshit, none of this ever actually happened or anything like that, they did such a fantastic job of making it feel like it's something Mr. Rogers would have done. It's so within his character to do all these things that it could just be essentially what is historical fiction and still be accurate just because it encapsulates who he was as a person. And that's such a beautiful fucking thing for a movie to mm -hmm. do. Like, because with nowadays with that, with the way celebrity culture is and things like that, we don't have, we don't have mystique with, with people anymore. You know, you don't have those. Are they true or are they not true stories about people anymore? And this is just one of those fantastic ones where they even, they even tackle some of the ones about Mr. Rogers, that he was a Navy SEAL at one point, or he was a sniper at one point and all these other things. And the character addresses, he's like, no, I never was that. And that's true. He never was that, but it was just this weird rumor. There's always the rumor that he had uh, tattoo sleeves <laughs> all the way down his arms. That's why he always wore long sleeve shirts. It's not true. But there's always these weird stories about Mr. Rogers that would like, would be so out of character, but yet we're still meant to be making more of a badass right. person. And the thing I actually love about Mr. Rogers, and I can't s stress that everybody in the world should see the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor. It is probably one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's just such a beautiful fucking documentary, like listening to these people talk, just talk about Mr. Rogers and like showing, you know, old archival footage of him and stuff like that. It's such just this amazingly emotional and warm documentaries it's fucking fantastic and you know they address a lot of this those rumors and stuff in the documentary and stuff like that and you know they tell all these amazing stories uh about him and i'm not gonna lie for as much of a jaded asshole as i am there's one of them in that movie oh oh dear god i got so mad at that documentary because it had the audacity to make me feel genuine emotions <laughs> like I don't always like it when movies do that. And that's what that fucking documentary does. It's in such a fa fantastic way. And it's just people telling stories yeah. about him. It's not even like you're seeing an actual scene or something happening. It's just, they're telling a story about him. And there is just one in particular in that documentary that deals with the, the man that played the, the police officer on the Mr. Rogers show that just ripped into my soul. It's so impactful and amazing and just so wonderful to hear a story like that about Mr. Rogers, who you already think is a good person. And you're like, Oh fuck. You're even just more of a fucking saint than I thought you were. <laughs> and it makes me kind of angry. I'm like, Oh yes, of course, Mr. Rogers, you're just a better fucking person than you already fucking were. We get it. <laughs> but then if anybody else talk, and like, I feel like Mr. Rogers to me is like, like my little brother in a weird way, because I can say shit like that about him. But if anybody else says shit about him like that, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> like i can do it you can't that's how i feel about with mr rogers and it's it's such a closely guarded thing with me with him and in this movie though like i said it just it's so fucking fantastic with that and and like heather and justin talked about those those little transition scenes of them just doing it the old school mr rogers way of like oh look at the plane or oh look at the bus like they were so fucking fantastic and i really also loved that they encaptured his celebrity status, regardless of how he felt about it, but two other people, like he was just on a subway mm -hmm. because he takes the subway. Of course, Mr. Rogers takes the subway. And then just a group of kids start singing a song to him, his song to him. And then like everybody in the train just starts singing him the song. And you're like, 
it's one of those stories where you're like, it could have never happened or it could have 100% happened. And it works both ways. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it just feels like something that legitimately could have happened. Or there's that scene whenever he's going and meeting with the whole Vogel family and all this other stuff. And he just walks in the room and everybody besides, you know, him, uh, besides the main character Vogel is like utterly awestruck as in holy fuck mr rogers is here (laughs) yeah and he's just so down to earth that it's like he doesn't even comprehend that people would feel that way about him you know and in that in that aspect of it was just so incredibly captured like i'm not to get too deep into it but like i'm not a spiritual person at all but that whole scene where mr rogers like talks to um chris cooper's character and asks Chris Cooper's character to pray for him. Like, that man's fucking dying. And and it's not in a malicious way. Like, it's meant to be like that, like, hey, you know, you might feel this way towards me, but hey, I need you too. The humanity of, of you know, that, the yeah. Twilight of, yeah, it was such a fucking beautiful thing. And like what Justin said, of the, like, oh, if you can mention it, you can talk, or if it's mentionable, it's talk, you know, you can talk about it, whatever the fuck that line is, I already forgot. Manageable, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I knew I, I knew I was fucking it up. I just didn't know what it was. That's a fucking beautiful ass fucking thing in that too. Yeah. And you could totally see Mr. Rogers saying that shit at that time. That one got me. That line got me. Mm-hmm. Like all those aspects of it, like they just feel so true. And I'm going to end my part of this, uh, this part of it with, uh, I want to give a little shout out to what Enrico Colinati, Colatoni, um, who apparently was he was playing the CEO of the production company. Um, but that was the guy that drove him around. The 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 little bald guy that drove him around. Yeah, yeah. Um oh I fucking loved that character. <laughs> yeah. Of he loved Mr. Rogers so much that he was he loved him so much he was a jaded asshole against anybody that might try to even say a negative thing about Mr. Rogers. So he was a little bit you. And like was, if you worked for Mr. Rogers, that would have yeah. been you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a taller bearded version of that character. <laughs> like, you know, when he's talking to the writer and he's like, yeah, I've read your shit. And he's just like giving him the look of like, you write one bad thing about this man. I will murder you. <laughs> I just, I loved it. Cause like so much of his performance was just done with tone and facial expressions. It was fucking great yeah that was good yeah he was a good character yeah but unfortunately is it well before that is there anything else you guys want to say as far as likes i think we got it all we got it all right because i have one humongous problem with this movie and i don't even know if i should have a problem with it or not but once again we're talking about stories about a person and there's one story about mr rogers that i've always loved since i heard it no idea if it's true but it's something you could very much see being true. And the story goes that at one point in his show, he got the goldfish and he talked about feeding the goldfish when he was, you know, doing his like normal intro stuff. He mentions feeding his goldfish just as a one-off thing one time. And then like a few weeks later or something like that, he gets a letter from like a little blind girl talking about how she's worried about his fish because he hasn't mentioned feeding them again. And like he had mentioned it once and then hadn't mentioned it again. So she was worried about his fish. And so ever since he got that letter, the story goes that Mr. Rogers from that point on, on every single episode mentioned feeding his fish just so that little girl would know. Aw, that's cute. That he's feeding his fish. 
And that is the most goddamn adorable awesome. fucking story ever. <laughs> that's so cute. I hope that's and true. And I am utterly fucking pissed that that was not in the movie. He, they needed to have him mention feeding his fucking fish in that movie. And I am just unconsolable with the fact that they did not have him say that line in that fucking movie because of it. Because it is. It's the most goddamn adorable fucking thing in the history of ever. And it's not mentioned in this fucking movie. And that severely bothers me. Severely bothers me. <laughs> because just how much more fucking special would this have been? And it would have been just a little a little nod. Yeah. To uh, Mr. Rogers fans out there. I don't need the explanation behind it. I just, I wanted him to say that. I hope there's a deleted scene and that director somehow listens to this podcast and goes, we filmed it and I cut it. I am stupid and just puts it back in. Doesn't even say like, oh, with added scenes in the, like the, the digital version or anything. No, just puts it back in and just doesn't mention it and just leaves it being. So then I'll watch it and I'll go, they get it now. <laughs> they get it. They have fully encapsulated Mr. Rogers now because of that. It's just one of those things that I think is so beautiful that I think it deserves to be in this movie and would have just added a little bit more to the to the utter wholesomeness that was Mr. Rogers. Would that have made you cry if they put it in there? Would that have set you oh, over? Oh, that the might edge? have been. That might that could have pushed me to the edge with that one. Because it really is so, so damn wholesome. Yeah. Um, that's the purest thing ever. Yeah, that's cute. It is like so much so that it makes me feel uncomfortable that it's so pure. <laughs> like I can't handle that amount of pureness. I can't. I seriously think that like hearing you talk that about this That makes me feel unclean. Is like my favorite. This is my favorite episode I've heard you talk about because you're just like saying all the most positive things, but you're just like, I hate this all because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I don't handle Amazing. positive things well. Yeah, if, if, I gathered If you haven't that. gathered through all the fucking episodes we've done and about how much I fucking angry rail on everything for the most part, I don't handle positivity <laughs> well. This is a true story. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm probably going to have to go take a shower to wash the goodness off of me after we fucking finish this episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that while smoking and drinking whiskey, but still, <laughs> I'm a little too clean. I can't handle it. Um, And also, in all seriousness, the one negative I do have against this movie, other than that, because that really is a negative. I'm not joking. That is a negative against this movie. Uh, my negative against this movie is the fucking people that cut the fucking trailer. Cut a good fucking trailer don't make us have to fucking double take in what this movie's about because we would have seen it regardless. Yeah, that's true. So don't fucking do the double take of, oh, it's about Mr. Rogers, but it's not like, let's just tell us what the movie actually is and we'll all still go fucking see it because it's Tom Hanks playing fucking Mr. Rogers. We're still going to go fucking see it. Don't be assholes about it. I think that's it. I think I am done on that. Wow. Uh, Justin, what did you not like about this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing that, uh, that, that really comes to mind, or I don't know, maybe this is two things, maybe it's kind of one, but, uh, is just the fact that even though I liked the movie that, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I liked the movie that we got. I do think that, yeah, like you were saying, because of the way that this film was advertised and because it did seem like it was going to be. Uh, more of a comprehensive look at Mr. Rogers himself. I do see the 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 potential for people to be disappointed about the fact that it wasn't more about him. You know, I could see some people 
going to see this and going, wait a second, I thought that this was going to be more about him. I thought this was going to be a more in-depth look in his life and we were going to get to kind of see if, you know, the the darker times he must have dealt with and different things like that. And it was going to give me some more nuances about uh, Fred Rogers that I didn't know. And I do think that in a way the film advertises itself like it's going to be that. Uh, I think that the fact that Tom Hanks uh, signed on and said he's doing it and they advertise, look, it's going to be Tom Hanks and he's going to be doing this. You almost expect that because normally Tom Hanks is playing these very layered characters and they're very layered, just plenty of depth and everything like that in these characters. So I do think that there will be some people that will watch this and you know, they may like it, but maybe not love it. They may say it's a great film, but maybe not. Maybe it's not the great one of the greatest because of that reason. So I do think. And then on top of that, just kind of to that, what compounds that, too, while you're watching it is that Tom Hanks does such an incredible job as Fred Rogers. I couldn't help but want more of him when he wasn't on screen, you know, even when. Yeah. Everything, er, er, yeah. Even when everything was going the way it, it 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 was it was going, and I was following the story, and I was fine with uh the Vogel family and finding out more about them and finding out what this conflict was all about. When Fred, when Tom Hanks wasn't on screen, I yearned for him. I just wanted to know what he was doing. I just wanted to see more of him. I wanted to see him do more scenes. I wanted to see more of him because the the per, because when you did get him the performance was so good you just couldn't help but want him on the screen and like when he was on the screen interacting with the vogels the, the that those are the best scenes of the movie is when he's interacting with him and just all the meaningful and just the uplifting things he would say like, I know we're out of the positives, but I mean, I, even just this one part where Fred, where Vogel was like, man, it must be a burden for you to have to deal with all these children and have to um, deal with all these fans and stuff like that. It must be such a burden for you to be this celebrity. And you would think that of any other person in those shoes would be like, man, why do you got to be so negative or no, it's not a burden. I actually like being a celebrity. But I love that Rogers was like, thank you so much, Lloyd. Thank you for having the compassion to see how hard that this can be. And just even that, like just things like that, just little things like that, little lines like that. You just wanted more and more of that. So whenever it was just the Vogels, I couldn't help but want more of Tom Hanks. So th those would be really my only negative. And like I said, these aren't deal breakers. These aren't things that keep this movie from being great because I do feel it's a great film. But those, but but if it has any imperfections, it's just simply that. I wanted more of Tom Hanks. I wanted more of Fred Rogers. But that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, and, and don't you feel like if you had a better perspective of what the movie was going to be, like you wouldn't feel as cheated on that? Yeah. Yes, yes. I do think you, you are totally right when you said it had something to do with the advertising and the previews. It did. It did in this case, for sure. 
And it's and it's partially because like I feel like at least in my own mind, thinking that was the movie we were gonna get. Now I feel like I'm missing that movie. I loved the movie we got, but it, now I'm I'm feeling like I'm missing the other movie. Like, and it's a very weird way to feel like loving a movie and still feeling like I didn't get the movie I wanted. Yeah. Or thought I was getting. It's a very very weird feeling because more often than not, when you feel like there's a another movie there, like when we talked about with Terminator, that there was like two better movies in that movie that we didn't get. And that's not kind of what we got here because this movie was fantastic. So I can't say we there was a better movie in there, but there's a different movie you still want in there. Yes. And that's what at least I feel like I didn't get. Um, Heather, what about you? What did you not like about this movie? Yeah, that was absolutely the main one I was going to say is like, I just wanted more Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers because, I mean, it's just the most epic thing. And it's, I mean, I if it could, it could have been the whole movie about just Tom Hanks being Fred Rogers in his everyday life and it would have been just as captivating. But, and it's funny too, because part of me wonders if like, you know, it, from the perspective of the people who made the movie, if they're just kind of like, well... If we were doing a movie to honor Fred Rogers, he wouldn't want the movie to be primarily about him. And so maybe that's why they didn't. Or maybe it was just more of like a they wanted to relate more to the people on the other side of who Mr. Rogers interacted with. And that's why they did it this way. But either way, just the way they told the story, it makes it mostly forgivable. But just like you you don't want to waste like a Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. If you can give you if you could give me more of that, I'm going to want more of that, you know. Um, he was just so phenomenal as that character. Um, it was just so good. So that was, that was my, my main one. And then the only other thing that comes to mind for me is, um, I mean, the whole concept of this film is Lloyd, who's very skeptical, you know, and jaded, like you were saying, Sterling, uh, just coming to be really moved by Mr. Rogers and learning from him and growing, this friendship with him while also healing from his past. So while they do a, a really decent job of, of showing that I, I do feel like there was um, like, there never really seemed to be like that big moment, if you will, for Lloyd where he started to really be on that same page with Mr. Rogers as to, um, you know, liking him and, and wanting to, to be around him and learning those things. I mean, I know there were a lot of little subtle things that kind of stuck with him as he was interviewing him and spending time with him, but there was never really that big moment. I feel like, um, where you just feel like he was like, I get it. I totally get why everyone loves him and, and all of this. And I feel like it, if they would have done a little bit more in showing that like aha moment almost, of him having that realization. I don't know. I feel like that. I mean, it, it did a great job without it, but I feel like I, I missed that. And I, I always love those moments where you're just like, that is the moment when I realize like, this is for real. He's for real. And I want to be a part of what, what he's about. So I just feel like if they would have had a little bit more of a noticeable, like turning point moment for him, that that would have been kind of cool to see. Just seeing that transition in him from the like, all right, I'm all in. I totally believe everything that you're doing and saying right now. Um, I think that that would have been good. It's not a. It's not at all like necessary to make this a good movie by any means. But you know, that was just something that I I think would have 
been a benefit to the film if they would have just done a little bit more of like a turning point moment where you see that he's like, yep, I get it, you know. So um, that's really the only thing I have to because like we were all saying, it's just such a phenomenal movie and um, it's really great. So that's that's my only other thing I had. Um, to address that and, and why that part of it didn't bother me at least is coming from the world of jaded skepticism. Rarely is there anything that it's like, there rarely do you have profound moments that will change your mind. It's typically mm -hmm. like a slow wearing away of it. Okay. And I guess that's why that aspect of it didn't bother me is because things are, you know, things that have changed my mind on things or stuff like that. It rarely is an aha moment. And that's fair. It really is yeah. like a wearing away and or just a constant uh exposure to something that gradually changes you with that's, that that's fair and, and, yeah and you know and uh, that you know i understand that's not a universal aspect of it but i guess that's just why it didn't bother me is because that's what it felt like he went through and like i said in my own personal experiences with things like that those things that have changed me it was those aspects that did it no, and that's and it's good and it's good to get that perspective too because I am I'm usually I tend to be on the other side of that. Um so and and it could just be the um like coming from a, a point of like I love moments in movies where you feel like you're seeing when they're getting it. I don't know. I just I love seeing those moments in films. And so for me, I guess from the entertainment or filmmaking aspect, I feel like maybe Dr dramatizing that would have been a cool thing to see but again it's one of those where it by no means was necessary it just was maybe like a maybe i just expected that to be what you see because they they do spend a lot of time on the whole seeing how he's like i don't know i don't know how i feel about all this and then it just very quickly changed to like hey i'm inviting you over to my house you know so i think um it, it wasn't necessary to have it, but I think I just maybe because I expected that they were going to do that. That's why I was just like, oh, they didn't have that, you know, but yeah, that's and it's really stretching too anyway, just because there's not really anything to dislike about this movie. So it's it's more of just like a stretch, kind of like reaching for something that I would have said like, oh, that would have made it just even that much better for me. But it wasn't necessary. But coming from a perspective of someone you know, who is a little bit more like that character. It's it's kind of interesting to hear how it's like, no, that's actually just realistic as to how it goes. So that's kind of cool to hear too. All right, on to the next part, guys. Yes. Yeah. All right, Heather, recommendation and score. Yeah, 100% recommend this movie. It's amazing. It's heartfelt. It's heartwarming. It's inspirational. It's phenomenal acting. It's a very well-made movie in every aspect. I completely recommend this movie um even if you don't really you know if if you've never seen mr rogers or you you don't really know much about who he was or what his show was or anything if that you know time in life never hit you then like this is even you you even still get to see a little bit of who he was and what his show was about even just from this movie so I, you do learn about him through this movie even though that wasn't the primary storyline of it so I, I just think how they wrote it, the story they told, and just really kind of using a specific story to relate to other people 
um, it, it was it was beautiful. It was very beautifully written and executed um, all the way. So yeah, I definitely recommend seeing this movie. I'm gonna give this a um, I'm gonna give it 95 old rabbit puppets to bring up childhood memories out of a hundred. Justin, your turn. Yeah, uh, I'm also gonna highly recommend the film. I do think that this is one of the best films of the year, especially just from a pacing standpoint and and especially from an acting standpoint. I mean, this performance that Tom Hanks gives has to be seen to be believed. Like he really does just embody um, who Fred Rogers was, what he stood for. And just every scene with him was just a joy to watch. And ultimately, even though, like like we talked about, this wasn't the movie I was expecting, this is a very, very good movie. It has a lot of important messages, I think, especially for this time, especially in a time like this where skepticism seems to be the cool thing to be into. It's cool to be negative. It's cool to be a bully. It's cool to to you know point you know when somebody is on too much of a positive it's 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 cool to be that person that's commenting or doing something on or tweeting to bring that person down so this movie probably is more important now than it than it would have been back then when rogers was alive i mean it's just one of those timeless messages that we often need to hear and there is something to that to that journey and to what it meant to this person who just didn't see really a way that his situation was going to wind up positive. And it just kind of shows that, man, you know, you can turn things around, but you got to put the work in, man. You got to you, you, you uh, just like our Rogers had to put in the work to be the good person that he was. Maybe we can turn our situation around. Maybe we can not be so skeptical, but it takes work. Um, so I, I definitely recommend this film. It, it was a great film. Uh, I went and saw it with six people, one of the biggest groups I had seen a movie with, and several of them cried. And And I may not have cried, but definitely some scenes got to me and touched my heart and just reminded me of why, you know, I need to work harder to be a good person like he was and affect people in that way. So for all of that, I'm definitely going to recommend it. Um, I'm going to give the film 94 Mr. Rogers pleading with people to close their eyes and just think about all the people that loved them into existence out of 100. Very beautiful, very meaningful, very passionate, very important film. Um, yeah, what you guys said. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to kind of follow up those recommendations and shit. Um, yeah, definitely watch it. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's amazing. Uh, also, definitely watch uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. It's like a little nice compendium to this. Uh, and it's, I, I feel like both of these are a must watch. Um, if you're a fan of Mr. Rogers, watch them. If you're not a fan of Mr. Rogers, watch them. I mean, if you're not a Mr. Fa a fan of Mr. Rogers, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> with your life. Unless you're in the next category of you don't know who Mr. Rogers is. Because there will be people that wouldn't have been exposed to him at some point. Um, and if you fall into that, definitely watch them. Um, I, I don't see how you could not be a fan of Mr. Rogers after that. They're definitely... Uh, definitely both of those are must watch movies. And I think they just go hand in hand together. Uh, 
in such a beautiful way. And especially if you watch, uh, won't you be my neighbor first? Cause then you're just seeing Mr. Rogers and hearing stories about him. And then you see Tom Hanks's performance, uh, as Mr. Rogers. It's, it's utterly amazing. And, and, and like, uh, we all said earlier, like Matthew Reese as Frank Vogel is, is it, it's amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, and like I mentioned in the Frozen podcast, like I watched this and Frozen 2 back to back and it really was one of the best days I've had at the movies in a long fucking time, especially watching two movies. Like I'm, I might get a good day of watching movies when I see one because I only have one movie to, to succeed. Um, but typically when I have two or three, especially if I have three, I'm typically getting one not good movie in there, you know, and this was one of the first times I can think of. I watched two movies back to back and it was just fucking, it was a good fucking day in the neighborhood after that. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Like after watching both those movies, it was fucking great. And it, it was really just a, a nice feeling. And this movie had a lot to do with it, you know, because this movie, especially for it not being what it's kind of billed as. I know if you read the plot synopsis, it tells you what the movie is. But when you see a trailer and stuff like that, and you see advertisements for it, for this movie to not be that movie could have been a fucking disaster. It could have been what Justin and, and Heather and I were all talking about with wanting more Mr. Rogers. But it could have been in a bad way of any time Tom Hanks wasn't on the screen, it was garbage. It could have ended up being that, that it was a bad movie, except when Tom Hanks was on the screen as Mr. Rogers. And I'm so glad that when it comes down to it, that's not what this movie was. This was a good movie. I mean, I, I feel like this movie was a great movie, even when Tom Hanks wasn't on the screen. And it was just even better when he was. Um, It's not a first, but it's going to be close. Uh, I give this 96... Uh, Mr. Rogers having a man with a bloody nose on his TV show. Nice. Out of 100. Yeah, we got 94, 95, 96. Yep. <laughs> you got to go take another shower, Sterling. Wash all this goodness off you. <laughs> I do. And God. <laughs> we talked about, because this is a little bit behind the scenes for everybody, but we recorded Frozen in this back to back. Just like we, I watched the movies back to back, literally back to back. And it's just me saying positive shit about movies for like three oh, hours. No. What the fuck? I have not spent three hours <laughs> talking goodness about movies in a long <laughs> What's time. You? And to be fair, the reason that I like didn't give it even a little bit higher of a score is just because it's a fantastic movie, but man, it's got a lot of emotions attached to it. So for me, I feel like it's going to be too overwhelming to want to rewatch it a lot. And that's the only reason that I didn't give it like a better score is because I'm like, it's one of those where I feel like I, I won't rewatch it a ton because of just how emotional it is <laughs> in a good way. So that's the only reason my score was even 95. So, and I mean, one thing I'll say about this also that, and one reason why I think I gave it just a little bit, an extra score, and this will make no sense to you, Heather, but uh, this movie didn't have any singing reindeer in it. <laughs> and that was a plus. I appreciated that. Any final notes, guys, before we move on? No. Nope. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Simmaslayers podcast. Check us out at www.simmaslayers.com. Go into the top right-hand corner, click the merch button, go to our merch store, buy some nice shirts or coffee mugs or cell phone cases or pillows, tapestries, anything like that. It's uh, really nice. I like all our stuff, so you should you should buy some of it. That's fine. Um, uh, 
Oh, wow. I really fucked that one up. Um, check us out at on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, like I said on the Frozen Podcast, I don't know if this is our main episode or bonus episode. It really kind of doesn't matter. We'll, one of them will be our main and one of them will be our bonus because they will both come out in the same week. So if you listen to one, check out the other. Um, and... Uh, this will be coming out the same week in which we are recording our live episode for the Southside Podfest. Uh, it did move venues. It's no longer at Lawler's on Archer. It's now at Bar 171, which, if you're in the Chicagoland area, is just right down the street on Archer from the other one. So it's not a big venue change, but we did have to change one due to a booking situation. So that is still happening, and we are still super excited about that. So we will be recording that the same week that this is coming out. So look for that coming your way. Uh, might as well tell you the topic now because it won't matter or change anything. We will be talking about the best movies based in Chicago. Uh, so that'll be a definite fun episode for that. And we will also be doing a recording and possibly a video of us recording uh, the movie for the movie knives out since we will all be in the same place for the first time ever. So we might do some fun extras for that just to, you know, have some fun with it since it'd be something that we don't regularly get to do. So check all that out. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us a rating and review in whatever podcast app you listen to this in. We definitely appreciate that. Let us know what you think about these movies or any of these other movies. Let us know if there's any movies you want us to talk about in the future or anything like that. We had somebody uh, message us on Facebook asking about uh, Jojo, uh, the white rabbit or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Jojo Rabbit yeah. or whatever. Um, and unfortunately, no, we weren't able to do that movie. So I'm not saying that we won't do that movie because that definitely is a movie I was intrigued to see. But due to when and where movies are released, we don't always get to do movies like that. So, I mean, I, that is something I'm willing to talk about later when it comes out on something like iTunes or something like that, where we actually can watch it uh, together and stuff like that. So, you know. We, we appreciate feedback like that or even pointing out movies that we might have missed and stuff like that to like just keep our eyes out to where maybe that's something we can watch and do a bonus episode later and stuff like that. So um, I do appreciate that somebody uh, messaged us about that because of that. So definitely feel free to do the same thing for us. Um, and definitely let us know what you think about our podcast or what you know, you'd like to hear some stuff about. We're going to try some different things coming in the new year. Uh, maybe go back to some of the past things we've been doing more and, you know, change it up, kind of, you know, feel out maybe doing this uh, in some different ways and stuff like that to make it better for you are wonderful cinefans out there. So let us know what you think as we change things and, you know, just kind of deal with us while we do it. You know, like I said, it might not be permanent. So if you don't like one episode of the way we do it, you can tell us, hey, I didn't like that way of doing it. And we might not ever do it again. You know, so we're just, like I said, we're going to play around with a couple of things uh, just to make it better for you guys. And as always, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. That was the most un Mr. Rogers things to fucking scream at the end of that ever. <laughs> Unless that was your way of venting out how you feel, Justin, and then it's okay. You do you. That, that, that is normally what I do. It's fun to make noises. That's how I get it out. <laughs>